Welcome Thrive Community Church. Here we are. Let's get started. We are in our new message series. We're talking about making history with God. And we're in a season where we are making history with God. The title message of this is Peace Be Still. Peace Be Still. Many of you are connecting online. If you will, in fact, if you'll get on your chat or on Facebook Live and comment something, just let people know, hey, I'm here, I'm out there, or go on, check in at Thrive Community Church on Facebook. Let people know that you're watching. You may have the idea where I'm going to create a watch party on Facebook and invite friends from around the world to sit here and watch this with you, whether it's this week or next week or the 9 a.m. or the 10.45 a.m. service. We're actually going to add a 5 p.m. Sunday service, so you can plan that ahead as well. So whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or whether you're watching on our website, you can do all of those things. In fact, if you need prayer, we have prayer options for you. And if you're on our, through our website, someone will go into a side chat room with you and you can receive prayer and conversation right there. And if you need to get connected further, we have a connect card that will be in the comments or in the chat below. Uh, well, also our giving page will be there. If you, if you need to know where to mail in your giving, there will be an option there as well where we will post how you can mail in your giving. So lastly, uh, lastly, we want to make sure that you are staying connected. And there are many avenues that we'll be discussing today, but here is what the church looks like. So let's move into it. But before we do, we've been praying with thousands of churches around the globe at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. and each day. And I want to, I want to invite you to join, us, join in with that. But right now, we're going to pray with thousands of churches as they are also praying in petition of the Lord and also in declaration that this pandemic be stopped in Jesus' name. So join me. So Father, we just thank you so much for everything that we're able to endure and persevere and thrive through. Thank you for the opportunities that you gift us. Thank you for this season and how you're molding us and you're molding families. Thank you that historically over 40 day periods there would be change and we just pray that there are supernatural change throughout this season that that produces a good fruit for all of your children and in fact the whole world that they be changed as well father i pray that people ministers saints of the almighty rise up and start living out the calling and purpose that you've destined each one of us for right now we ask for wisdom for our doctors and wisdom for our leaders and wisdom for the government leaders, spiritual leaders, all across the board, all across the world. Pray for wisdom for a vaccine against COVID-19 for our doctors and our, our medical world. Father, we just ask right now that we, you break the power of this pandemic, both in the virus form and in the fear form, the mental form, right now in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you in advance for everything that you are gifting us with and that you will always do in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, uh, I just want you to know with that, we are here to serve you. Your church will always be here to serve you. We have many avenues, again, through Facebook, through our, our online. In fact, you're going to see a new tab that's going to pop up this week where you can connect directly if you need assistance, if you need prayer, if you need counseling even, you can go through that and you can get on Zoom and we will have somebody who meets up with you right there on Zoom. So be looking for that. So what you need to know is uh, what the 
media is saying, but what the official CDC is saying, that we are about to head into the peak season of COVID-19. Well, isn't it interesting that we are also heading into the Passover season? That is really cool how these things are lining up. Let me tell you, this is not by accident. You know, Satan is, is trying to do all he can to create a diversion, but here's what God does. He always uses what Satan is deploying so that he can deploy even greater things for his people, for you and I. And so here this is taking place at Passover. And now we're in a place where we have an extension up until April 30, where uh, where our president is asking us to be a little bit more restrictive in nature. And again, the reality is this may last for two months or even three months, but we really need to accept that. But in this peak season, we also need to be aware that this thing, this COVID-19, is really targeting the elderly, the older generation. And I don't think that's by accident. And we're going to talk about that today because this is a time to reach the generations. All generations, all generations are in the same place right now. Homebound. Can't get out. So here we are. It's a great opportunity for Thrive, for the church to connect with every generation. You see, the, the young generation, they know how to get on, on Facebook or Zoom or, or some, some kind of live video chat. And the older generation needs that. But we're going to talk about why the the young generation needs the old generation because this is a wonderful time to make history with God so you will have something to share with your generation, with your next generation. You see, because we all have a next generation. I don't, I don't care if you're 80 or you're 18. There is a next generation that is depending on you to make history with God so you can share that history. You can proclaim the glorious days of God to that next generation. So this is a, a biblically a foundational principle for, principle for us to recall God's testimonies. If you remember the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, God tells us to do this. For us to make history and proclaim the history that you have made with Him. Well, this is very important because it's important that every generation, every generation should do and proclaim what they have seen God do in their generation. You see, this older generation, they're the mentoring generation. The younger ones are, have a little bit more energy, and so they're getting things done. And, and the 40s and, and my age group, my generation is now coming into maybe owning businesses and driving, driving America and the world forward in industry, etc., but that older generation is the ones who are mentoring and they're teaching the generations behind them, that next generation, how to do and how God has done and what he can do and what he will do. And so it's very important. I have many mentors myself. I encourage you to have some. But my mentors, believe it or not, actually help you. They're giving me guidance through this whole season to help us as a church navigate me as a, as a husband, as a father, how to navigate these circumstances and these seasons, but then us as a church on how we together can navigate through this season and not be greatly affected. In fact, we can actually come out more effective. Isn't that wonderful? But our generation will stand on the shoulders of the previous generation. Look at this. Psalms 145 verses 4 it says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim 
your power. And then it says in Psalm 71, 18, it says, Now that I am old and gray, like I got some gray coming in on my beard. Allie keeps reminding me. But now, this is not me speaking, Pastor Nathan. This is David, King David speaking. He says, Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me. Oh God, do not abandon me, oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this generation. Your mighty miracles to all who come after me. And so that's usually a fear of the older generation that now they just get abandoned and left behind. But there's so much to share. There's so much of God's glory to share. There's so much to proclaim so that this world out here that is a little terrified, a little fear-driven, a little anxious, a little worried, this, as Scripture says, this new generation, that we might know the miracles that you might proclaim the mighty miracles that you have experienced so that the next generation might know those miracles. How about this? If you're young, if you're my age, if you're you know, 50 or 60 and, and maybe you're 18, maybe this is the season, the thing that God is bringing you through so that you can faithfully watch God work before you so that in the next generation, 20 years from now, you will be able to proclaim what God has done and is doing through this season right now and what you gained through this season. And I want you to know, if you're in that place where, where, where David was, don't abandon me, oh God. Listen, Thrive's not going to abandon anyone during this season. In fact, we are stepping up our game so we can serve on a greater capacity. We're coming up with even more creative ways to serve those in need. Again, like I said, you're going to see a link on our website this coming week. And we're, we're looking for a way we can pray with you, get on Zoom, we can counsel with you. We can run errands for you if you're homebound and you can't get out. If you need assistance in any way, yes, we're going to take the precautions, the measures that the CDC is requesting and the president is requesting, but we're still going to get out and serve, and we're wanting to serve you. In fact, you may have got a text or an email this week, and we're, we're looking for people, GO Team members, who are wanting to get out and serve and run errands and assist those who are in homebound situations. So that's you. We'd love to have you. Just click on that link or, or reach out to us. But old or young, we are a church that serves the generation and a ch the generations. And the church must have multiple generations in it. And right now, we have more opportunity to reach more people while still serving those who currently, currently attend. So we have Thrive Kids is now online. You can see the resource button right behind me. Thrive Students are starting to meet online. Thrive Tribes, meeting online. You can actually, again, have a watch tribe, a watch party on Facebook Live. Gather people. You wanted some people, some friends in another state to know about what happens at Thrive? Well, invite them through Facebook and let them watch a message just like this. Or Zoom meetings. Maybe you need to meet up. We're having team meetings all the time through Zoom. Or counseling sessions. This is a rough time. And we are here for you. We have counseling readily available for you. And so this truly is a perfect time for the church to go. We need to go. And we need your help so that we can go. So let's talk about this. Peace be still. Peace be still. I remember we were, I was on, we were in Honduras and I was on the phone with KLTV and we were talking about concerns and when we were stranded. And it, that there, I realized there's a difference between concern 
and fear. There's a difference between these two. You see, you can have peace with concern, but you can't have peace with fear. When we were there, it was one day in when the president of Honduras shut the borders completely. Like, there's no planes coming in, there's no planes going out, and we didn't know. It was indefinite. He set parameters of a week to be reannounced for another week after that. Well, in that time, commercial flights started canceling all across the board. Canceled our flight home, which was supposed to be seven days later. Then we rescheduled for that next Monday, that next Tuesday, that following Friday. Canceled, canceled, canceled. I had friends that had a brother. One friend had a brother that was working, that is working for the FAA, and he says, "Listen, we may be shutting down all flights in America because of this." groups of 10 or less requirement and in a flight tower there's more than 10 people and so it is restricting our ability to manage all the flights so okay commercial flights aren't happening they may be shutting down all flights and then the u.s embassy and the u.s government had no map for this because nobody's ever been through this every 30 minutes to four hours here we are getting updates of okay here's the new process okay that doesn't work anymore here's the new process even the Honduran government wasn't sure what was going to go on. Trump and Pence were getting on the news and saying, hey, uh, even if commercial liners don't come, we're going to get charter flights there, military flights there. I'm like, where is that at? Come on, somebody help me. And the closest thing we found was a charter flight for $40,000. There's only 13 of us, $40,000. U.S. Embassy sends us a, an email saying, hey, uh, we don't know when commercial airliners are going to start again. The commercial airliners we found out on our side, May 6th was the next flight. They asked, do you want to book a flight? No, no, I want to go home. And so here we are, I want to take my team home. And so $40,000 for a charter flight, come on, we can do better than that. And so my wonderful, beautiful, amazing wife was said, hey, let's get on YouTube, let's shoot a video, and let's upload it to Facebook, and let's get people mobilized. And that's what happened. In that time, we sent it, we, we uploaded it, and then the whole missions team just went to worshiping God and, and doing our devotionals. We were sharing what was going on in our hearts. We were, we were giving testimony, sharing God's testimonies. And I started getting calls from literally all over the globe, all over the Western Hemisphere anyway. Central, Lower Central America, Central America, North America. And then at 7.50 that night, a United agent who had a friend of a mission, a missionary friend, American, who was living an hour and a half away from where we were staying, we had no, we have never met these people before in our lives. They have never heard about us before in our lives. But God started working through people. I want you to get that. God started working through people. Yeah, government was setting up structure and trying to create security and trying to create some roadmap and trying to create safety in a way. But guess who did it? It was the people. The people that mobilized and the people that found passion for something, the people that found purpose in something, they're the ones that actually mobilized and got this thing done. And in fact, they took it completely out of our hands and they took on the responsibility of getting us over time. It took 36 hours to confirm this flight, which by the, by the way, the next day was completely gone and completely sold out. Our hopes were that we got secured seats on that flight and 24 hours later, in fact, we found out that they were secure, they were confirmed, 
but the Honduran government didn't know about this flight. So here we are again, is this even a real flight? Because every flight has been, that we did this with had been getting canceled. So that was our issue. But God started using people and God moved on our behalf. Yes, we did need to get it out there. We need, did need to let people know. We did need to activate the situation. But God began to move on our behalf. Now we used wisdom. We weren't fear-driven, and that's what I, I want you to know today. We need to use wisdom and not be fear-driven. David's own son during this time, this, 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 is a, this is a time that drives me to the Psalms and moves me to the Psalms in times like this, in times of challenge, in times of, of difficulty. It, I tend to always start leaning back. Let me go back to the Psalms and start reading the heart of David. Because he went through so many ups and downs. And you see him lamenting and then immediately in the same chapter he starts rejoicing and praising God. It's time after time that he begins to step up into the situation after he's been, Oh no, where, where, where are you God? What's going on? Where, where are you in all of this? And so in this Psalms 42, David's own son Absalom begins to overthrow him, tries to overthrow him as king. And in this process, David pulls back with his men, and he goes into a type of quarantine, if you will. So here he is with his men, and he's saying, no, I just need to go out. And his men are saying, no, you need to stay behind, because if you go out, they will target you, and they will intend, intend purposely, try to end your life. And so here David is, he's choosing to refrain himself from something, from being able to go into Israel and be able to go into the kingdom that rightfully he should be able to go to. But he's refraining himself in this quarantine type situation. So Psalms 42.1 says this, famous for a worship song, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul for you. So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You know what David is saying? Oh man, my soul, it laments. When am I going to get to go back to church? Now the, the, the temple hadn't been built yet. Remember, his son built it. But he, this was in his time, it would have been the tabernacle. And so here is David saying, Oh, I just want to go back to church and hang out with my people. And it's in times like this, what do you do? What do you do? Here's what you do. I'm going to give you three, three points and three things for you to do. Number one is stop listening to the inner chatter. Stop listening to the inner chatter. Psalms 42.4 says this, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. Look at that. I went with, the, I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. I mean, like, Delaney can lead worship. That team can lead worship. I just love it when Braley gets up there and, and you see, uh, see John in the background playing and then Joey's over there on the drums. I just, I Kevin's back there working the sound. I just love worship, joy, and praise. Of course, that would be our version of all of this. But he says, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Apparently they had potlucks back then too, so we're not doing that. We don't have it. But a large gathering, he said. I would go with the multitudes. I would go in with the large gathering. And he says this, 
I pour out my soul within me. You know what he's saying? I complain. I murmur. Oh man, how long is it going to be like this? Why do I, why can't we go to church? Where's the faith field? I mean, my goodness, we got to do this online. I mean, you know, he murmured. He began to grumble within himself. And you know what happens when you start to grumble. Usually, you start taking that grumbling out on the, on the person who you think is first responsible for this. No matter what the situation is, the coronavirus came through, well, it must be our president's fault. Or it must be the sinner's fault. Or it must be so-and-so's fault. It's got to be somebody's fault that I have to stay home, right? Come on, you're grumbling. A little bit of murmuring going on in there. I know you. I'm your pastor. But the worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can do is listen to yourself whenever you're falling into these times. Because these times lead towards depression. And guess what? Your murmuring actually becomes contagious to the others around you. Because his team, David's team, began to suffer from these same things. So especially when you're suffering from fear, depression is not far around the, around the corner. And this is why we must become more creative in engaging others in this time. It's easy to become self-focused in this time, but we must fight to become others-focused. Others-focused. When we start to take negative, the negative road, guess what? Satan jumps in, and the more we meditate there, the more the truth becomes distorted. And Psalms 42.3 says this, My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? And you know what? You kind of see that on CNN. You see that on other media spots. And you see, you see the world saying this. Well, where's their God now? Where, where's the Christians, the Christians at now? Why aren't they rising up? You see even the Christians aren't even going to church now. You see, you see where are the Christians that are supposed to be serving the communities and serving the needy and serving... You see, where are they at? So where is your, where's your God? They. They continually. Who is that? Well, verses 9 and 10 tell us who that is. We're going to let Scripture interpret Scripture. In 9 and 10 it says this, I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? You see, there's the first lie right there. Why have you forgotten me? And that's, that's what happens in your own head. Well, where's God? God, where are you at? Where, when are you going to show up on this thing? Why has God forgotten me? Why, why, why God? And it's a lie. He, he hasn't forgotten me. Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. While they, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And who is they? They is the enemy. They, they is the enemy of your life. And you know what? We have an enemy too. Satan is our enemy. Right now, he is using every trick he can to inflict fear so that from there, he can create division and start to destroy relationships. And you're probably seeing it right now. His next trick, once all of this is done, is to put enough fear in people that they won't want, won't want to come back to church. They won't want to come back to that church gathering and, and shout with a voice of joy and of praise. Oh no, you... You probably have COVID, at least residue of COVID. That's the fear that Satan in this time, if we're not leaning in towards God and making history, those little lies start to penetrate and they become a part of the belief system of our souls. And Satan exaggerates lies as if what is taking place can never be restored. They'll never find a vaccine for this. 
Your retirement, it's gone. The stock market, never going to recover. You're going to lose everything. Our enemy knows we live so much in the right now that, that rather than trust in the future built off of the history that we've made and trusting in God. We're so, we're, we're so right now. But what, what if you sat there and reflected, didn't, hasn't God brought you through other situations? Haven't, hasn't God taken you through similar difficulties in your life or your family's life? Hear me, if Satan is talking, he's lying. And if the chatterbox of your mind is rolling, Satan's lies are looking to jump in. If that chatterbox is rolling, Satan is just sitting there waiting. I'm just looking for a way to jump into this little, this little charade right here. Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. Let me give you an example. Husbands, come on, connect with me. Let's say, um, this has probably never, this has never happened in my house, by the way. But husbands, here you are, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, it's got to be dinner time. My stomach is grumbling, you know that murmuring? My stomach is starting to grumble a little bit. You say, hey babe, um, sugar, sweetie, love, um, what time is dinner going to be ready? And right there, Satan is over there at the oven with her, whispering, did you hear what he said? He just asked, when is dinner going to be ready finally? And so here's what you ought to say. She yells, she talks back, she goes, dinner's going to be ready when it's ready. And then here's Satan over there in your husband's ear. Did you hear what she, how she just talked to you? Did, you? did you hear the tone of voice she just had? She just said, if you want dinner, you better fix it yourself. And here is exactly how Satan works to separate and destroy relationships. It's never happened in my house. And it's happening the same way with people who are going out to the grocery stores right now, or they're going to the hardware store, or they're going to the banks, and here's all these other people yelling, and there still has to be life needed to be lived. But yes, we take precautions, but in the midst of that, people are starting to get angry with one another rather than living from a place of love and understanding and putting concern with wisdom and advice they're starting to become slanderous, and I hope we are not those people who are becoming slanderous. Come on, Thrive. So number one, stop listening to the inner chatter. Number two, start talking to yourself. Now, I don't mean in a crazy way. Don't be that crazy person that's walking around talking to yourself like that. But I'm more like David did. In Psalms 42, 5, it says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope of God. He says, hope of, and this word disquieted, we don't use much, but hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance, of his countenance. You see, cast down, it literally means to be pressed down. It's like an accelerator or a brake pedal in your car, pressed down. And, and what that means is to be depressed. Oh, my soul, why are you pressed down? Why are you depressed. And he says this, he, he, here you can see literally the spirit man of David talking to his soul, talking to himself, why are you cast down? And then he says, why are you disquieted within me? Disquieted means, why are you growling? It means to, to growl within. Again, it means to, to grumble. If you were to say, why are you grumbling? Oh my soul, why are you depressed and grumbling within? And this is what David begins to to see within himself and he says wait a minute I know I have history with God why is this happening and what am I going to do about it 
And as the media continues and social media stirs up things, your own friends rage with fear and it starts to play in your own mind. You know, when it was it's allergy season out there and pollen's falling out of the trees and your, your cars are covered in green, the day before we left for Honduras, it hit, spring hit, you know, the effects of spring. Pollen was everywhere, my truck was, was green, and then at every change of season, it hits me. And I had just, I was stopped up, nose was running, and so we go to Honduras and I thought, well, oh my goodness, coronavirus. So it, it, no, this is pollen, it's sinuses, I know this is the season. It's not here, and we go through Bucky's, and I say, okay, so here's the here's the sign that everything is in, is fine in the world. There's a thousand people at Bucky's, and there's not a parking spot. We must be good. So we take off to Honduras. So we we check our hearts every time. Hey, do we have the peace of God? We have the peace of God. So we went, and there I am. I'm the only person in the hotel in Honduras. I'm 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 sneezing. I got snotty nose for four days. I'm exhausted and. And though in my own mind, I know this is sinuses, this is allergies from Texas, and this stuff is running its course, the chatterbox in my mind starts to run because the media is starting to stir this stuff around about COVID-19. And then the president shuts down our borders and the chatterbox, even though I know otherwise, I'm like, well, maybe I do have coronavirus. Maybe I, maybe I do. <laughs> and I said, no, I know better. I know this is the same thing that happens every year, not a lot, let alone every season, every change of season. So about day four, day five, I started feeling better. They started going away. I started feeling strong again. I was tired. I was exhausted. The sinuses were getting me. But here, that is the real fear, right? So you go through, maybe you're going to the grocery store and you're seeing people and you're passing by them and you're thinking, wait a minute. They're not six feet away from me. They're five and a half feet. What are we going to do? Or, or you pass by them and you're holding your breath so that you don't breathe in their breath. Or you see that they see you and they're holding their breath so they don't breathe in your air. And there's these concerns. And you have to speak to yourself about why you are allowing these thoughts to cause a fear in you. You see, concern, concern still carries peace. But, for, but fear steals your peace. And that heart and attitude that comes behind it begins to work and it begins to show who's actually leading you. Now, I'm not saying don't use wisdom, because you should. We need to use wisdom. And if you truly do have some symptoms, listen, call your doctor, go get tested, get checked out, work this thing out, but don't let fear drive you. You're going to be okay, all right? So how many of you know of this, this, this plague, this disease that came through, and it was actually known to be around at Jesus' time, and it's called smallpox. Many of you have never heard of smallpox. The reason is because it's not, it doesn't exist. Well, let me tell you some stats on that. Uh, in, in the 18th century alone, in just Europe alone, an estimated of 400,000 people died each year for 100 years. Four, that's 40 million people in just Europe died from smallpox in the 18th century. Well, in the 20th century alone, an estimated 300 million people died worldwide. In the last 100 years, 
an estimated 500 million people have died worldwide. That's almost a total, almost a billion people from smallpox alone. Well, there was a vaccine that was created and it was given. And in 1980, the World Health Organization came and they said due to the vaccine that was discovered, smallpox is now eradicated from the face of the earth. God gave wisdom to humanity and God worked through humanity and he wants to work through you and I and the medical staff and our government leaders in the same way right now. Here's the phrase, this too shall pass and I promise you this too shall pass. But now is the perfect time to minister to the needs of others. The, the harvest is ripe and people want to know that they are going to heaven. Even believers have needs. There, there are many needs that we should be meeting as a body right now. We went online the last two weekends and, and we actually got the platform that's on our website from life.church. Well, in life from life, life church is what it is in Oklahoma. They said 15,000 people gave their lives to Christ in week one. 17,000 churches were online this past weekend, and this past weekend, 31,000 people gave their lives to Christ through online church. So God's church is still expanding. His kingdom is growing. And God will take what Satan means for evil and turn it towards good. But God, you've got to remember, God chooses you and he is using you and he is working through you. And whatever lies in your head that is trying to depress or oppress you, oppress you your best weapon is finding a scripture through a word study or start and start speaking back internally and externally the truth of God's testimony and promise. Now point three, get with God. That simple. It's time to get with God. You should be tripling your time with God throughout this season. If not, you're, you're sextupling your fear and your anxiety, your potential for fear and anxiety and worry. And it's interest, interestingly, uh, David had many declarations. You see, he would get with God and throughout his difficult times and he would, he would come up with these truths the, the, of the history, of the, the history that he had made with God, and he had declarations and sayings that he would repeat often to restore his soul. I already read to you Psalms 42.5, but I'm going to show you three different psalms where almost the same words were spoken, and in one of the psalms, it's a little bit different, and I want you to show you how this plays into the two psalms that follow it. Well, Psalms 42.5 was, Why are you cast down? Depressed, O oh my soul, and why are, you, why are you grumbling, disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, catch this phrase, I shall praise Him for the help of His countenance. Here's what he's saying, God, I, I was depressed, I was grumbling within, I didn't like my situation, but then I looked at you. I begin to pay more attention to you and what you're doing and your truths and your ways and your countenance than I did that of my own or the circumstance that was going on around me. And here's how David follows that. In Psalms 42, 11, he says all of the same things. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? 
And he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, he said, for the help of my countenance and my God. So it goes from for your countenance, for His countenance, now because he's looked and he's paid more attention to the countenance of God in the midst of this situation that he was going through in his isolation, in his quarantine, and his countenance, David's, began to align with God's. And so now he can say, I'll praise you because of the hope that you've given me. But now it's not just your countenance, it's now become my countenance. And then he says it again in the next Psalm 43, 5, I'll praise you and I'll I'll praise you for the help of my countenance and my God. And so it all begins to come full circle. David becomes more aware of what God's doing rather than what David's situation is. And David became more aware of God's countenance. And God's countenance began to become a reflection within David's countenance. And David began to live from that place. And here's the takeaway. The more you stop... You stop leaning into the countenance of this world and its happenings, and instead you lean in to seek God's countenance, the more God will provide peace so you can be still in the midst of any storm that life is guaranteed to bring you. And from that place, you will see the kingdom of God at hand, and the kingdom of God will flow through you into the lives of others. And that's when you and I start really doing some work for the kingdom. Scripture says that when I draw near to God, guess what happens? God draws near to me. You can't change your own countenance on your own face. And you can't do it on your own. It has to come from the Lord. You know, when we were in Honduras, I would have to be on my phone or, or Deb Reeves was helping me a lot and making contacts and she would be on her phone. And, and every time we'd come back around the corner, it would be like the team was looking at us to see, is it doom or is it gloom or is it hope and glory? What is it going to be at this 30-minute period? And you can't, you can't hide your countenance. You can't change your countenance. We walked around knowing that somehow, some way, God is going to get us out of this situation and He is going to bring us back home. You got to realize, you've lived through 9/11. Most of you, you've lived through 9/11. You've lived through the recession of 2009. And guess what God did? God raised you up again, and God raised us up again, and God will raise us up again. God has always been faithful, and I want to ask you to do the same thing. I'm going to ask you that you stay faithful, that you stay faithful in your praying. That you stay faithful in the Word. That you stay faithful in your giving. And that you stay faithful in your ministering to others in your community. We love you guys. I want to ask you one last question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Father, I just pray for wisdom this, this month. Wisdom this week as we, as we allow your countenance to shift our countenance and we just praise your holy name and we just give it all back to you because it is from you from which it came and it is back to you from everything is in our life shall go and reflect and return and father we just pray on the way that you bring in the multitudes in jesus mighty name we love you guys have a great week